need to have something else. And I realize I really need to be an entrepreneur. I like to be able to be in control of my own destiny. I don't want to be the guy who uh, works for someone else and is, everything that happens is someone else's decision, not mine. So I left GE and I decided that uh, I'm going to start my own company. I've went through a a variety of changes since I left GE. I've had there several different businesses, uh, most that did well, some that didn't do too well, but you know, it's part of the learning process. Once I started becoming an entrepreneur, I realized something very important that if I don't have something that helps someone do something better or fix something that they're not doing right or come up with a solution, odds are it's probably not going to sell. It has to be something that helps people, that improves their life in some way, or that makes something else easy. Uh, and if you look for the basic sales fundamentals, why do people buy either to fix something or to make their life better? Um, to get a reward. So I kind of took that concept and I thought, well, you know what, I'm gonna devote my resources, my business, myself, to helping other people not only get better or to fix something, but to give them a reward too. So that covers both aspects of the sale process. So that's what I do. And as a result of that, people see the value of what I offer and then they hire me. They have me come speak or they have me come into their business and be the instigator. That's my title, instigator. I come in, make things happen, make changes. Sometimes they don't like it, but hey, I'm telling them what I think and what I've learned over the years and what works. And that's kind of what I do. And so my goal and, and is to really now help people, help other people be better at what they do. And um, not only in my business, but I do this in my private life. I, I, I mentor young people. I, I go to different schools and talk to youngsters about the, the trade industries and, and all the things that are uh, possible there. And, and, I, and I've worked with people who are drug addicts, getting them back into the world of life. I work with veterans uh, because that's, that's what I do. I want people to do the best and be the best they can be. Oh, that is, that is absolutely great. Thank you. By the way, I know that um, I know that you also uh, you go in and help businesses. And some people think, well, you know, what do consultants do when they come in? What are these people? And what you said is you're just really an instigator. So I know that a lot of our members uh, with the new fire rate, they're generating more money, but yet there's probably still things in their business that maybe bug them. So. Let me ask the question this way. What are contractors doing wrong that maybe they don't know they're doing wrong? Um, I'll kind of go through history of what I've learned and the ones that I've been to. A lot of times, number one, keep your mind open. Uh, one of the obstacles I run into is that People say, well, I've heard that kind of stuff before, don't worry. Well, you didn't finish, you didn't let me finish. You didn't open your mind. Uh, you've closed yourself off. Uh, contractors, just like anyone else in business, we have a tendency to take the easy road where we get up in the morning, we have our routines, we do the same things every day. And then when if something comes in that may cause a little bit of a controversy or may cause you a little bit of work 
or may cause you to have to go do some research or some studying or some training, we have a, the contractor, just like any entrepreneur, we have this need to not want to deal with that because it adds more work to our day because we become lazy. We all become lazy. I get lazy. There's times where, you know, I have an opportunity to do something. It's like, ah, man, I'd rather just stay at home. You know, I'd rather just work in my office and get stuff done. I don't want to have to deal with this. <coughs> and that idea, that thinking is what keeps you from moving to the next step. That's what keeps you from taking the time to do a little research, to listen to someone else, to be able to go out and change things. I like change. If there's things going on that are gonna make things different or better, I'm there, I'll listen. Yeah, it might take some time, it might make, make me have to start thinking outside the box. You know, it's one of the things a lot of people have a struggle with. Well, that's not how we do things here, or that won't work in my town, or, you may think that's okay in the big city, but not here, or that won't work in a big city. You know, so I have all these reasons as to why uh, people can't change. But it, the real reason is they're just lazy. They don't, they don't want to devote their time to anything that's different. They don't want to look at opportunities. They don't want to take the bull by the horns and, and hey, let's go for it. It may not work 100%, but we're going to give it a shot. And, uh, and I've learned through my uh, life that if you just stay on that same track with blinders on and you don't move forward and you don't listen and you don't, you don't take an opportunity to learn or to read or to study or to find out more about something, you're right where you're at, where you're at. I mean, nothing's going to change unless you change. Change requires change. Uh, change requires work. Change requires feeling uncomfortable and it's okay to feel uncomfortable. It's perfectly fine to feel uncomfortable. It's part of being an entrepreneur. When you first started your business, look how uncomfortable you may have been. Like, how are we going to pay the bills? You know, how are we going to pay my house payment or car payment? I've been through that. I know what it's like. I didn't grow up with anything. We were poor when I was a kid. Um, so I know what it's like to have nothing. That's uncomfortable. But when you're at home, you have a lot of things and a lot of bills are being paid and you have a great workforce and you have business, you have customers and feeling uncomfortable about spending an hour someplace listening to someone or maybe taking an opportunity to bring someone in that could point you in the right direction or eliminate a bunch of garbage that you might be doing. Um, it's something to think about. I see a lot of contractors and, and I go out there, there's probably thousands of dollars a week just going to waste uh, things that people are doing things of no value whatsoever or they can change one step and make all the difference in the world but they're unwilling to do so because of one issue or one employee or so and so doesn't like that or uh, we don't really think that's a good idea because it's different so be open-minded Listen, I listen to everybody. I don't care how young they are. They could be. I tell you, one of the biggest changes in my life came talking to my granddaughter two years ago. And, you know, I'm not going to get into a bunch of detail, but my granddaughter and I sat for an hour and talked. She was seven. And I thought, you're brilliant. You have just changed my life because she looked at things in such a simple way, such an innocent, honest, simple way. And I totally was ignoring that for years. And all she said was this, Grandpa, how come you're not happy? 
what makes you happy? And I thought, wow, I'm not happy. And I realized I had need to change things. And she says, do things that make you happy. <laughs> that was it. And then, and then finally it's like, what an easy, honest thing to say. And it, and it sunk home and made a difference in my life. I'm so glad you're talking about change. If somebody said, you know what, maybe I do need some change in my life or my company. When should they implement it? How, how much time and how hard is it to actually bring change? Well, uh, number one, if you're going to change things in your business, make sure all your frontline employees know about it before you start doing anything. Uh, have an informational meeting, ask for input. Now, uh, you don't just bring everybody to the room and say, hey, we're going to do this, this, and this. It's going to change things the way they are right now. However, uh, you'll be involved here and there and everything. In other words, just don't blast out information. Ask for input. And you'll typically get one or two people giving you feedback if you ask for verbal input. I always recommend bring everyone in, uh, tell them what you're going to do, ask for some input, get some, and then at the end of the meeting say, here's a piece of paper or a five-by-seven index card or whatever, here's a marker. Um, you just heard everything that we said. I'd like your feedback. And then let them stay alone without any managers there for you know, 15, 20 minutes and tell them as you're leaving, I want your input on what you think, how this will work or how it won't work or what you recommend we should be doing. And then this lets the people who are the thinkers, because there's some people who don't talk but they're brilliant and they'd be happy to write things down. So you get these thinkers giving you information. And as they leave the room, have a box there to say, fold your card in half, put it in this box, and uh, I'll look at them later. And you don't know who wrote what. Um, so it, it's a great way to get some feedback that isn't uh, like a suggestion box or anything like that, where they're required to give you something. And if you're going to implement something, I tell you, if you don't start at the front lines, people are going to oppose it just because it's different. So if you bring it up at the front and tell them, here's some things we're thinking of doing, then allowing them to give you input before you implement it, I guarantee it'll probably work most every time. Also, sometimes if you're thinking that there's something not right or you want to implement a new process because you believe things aren't working the way they should, what you ought to consider doing also is saying, you know, we have some problems. Uh, just say, hey, we're, bring, bring the people who are in that group who are involved in it and just say, hey, here's some of the situations we're having. Uh, we're having a little bit of a problem in this process or this method. Uh, come up with a solution. Tell us what you think. How do you think we could resolve this? Because asking them opens that door where they're willing to accept things now because you asked their input. And even if you don't do what they recommended and do what you want, at least you ask their input. Because a lot of times I've gone out to companies and I'll spend time in a field or with the office staff and, and they, they, they feel safe enough to talk to me and they'll tell me, you know, they started this thing and nobody even told us this was happening and nobody cares what we think. Nobody listens to us. Yet they start making changes without our input. We could have told them they need to change this, but nobody asked. 
And, and, it, and it winds up being a bunch of people who are resentful of anything that changes simply because you didn't ask them. So ask for input. It'll make a big difference. That's how you bring in change to a company. Let the employees bring it in, in their thinking, in their view, in their ideas, and then start implementing later on once they get some kind of a buy-in. Boy, oh boy, that one hits home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what I think? A lot of people, they're entrepreneurs, they're technicians, whatever they are, they, they move into a leadership position, maybe management, a lot of times because of their passion. In other words, they really care about something. So they put a lot of thought and effort into it, but yet maybe they're not a manager. Maybe they're not a business. Like myself, you know, I didn't go to college. I was never a real business manager or anything. So I got thrown into the deep end of the pool the first time my contracting business took off. And now I'm a, now I'm a business owner. In reality, I don't know what I'm doing. And I, was, I would have been afraid to think, oh, well, let me go ask my guys what we should do. I mean, I'm supposed to be the boss, right? right? And I think a lot of us get into that thing of, we don't have to know it all, you know? Um, but if we can surround ourselves and trust some of the people around us, I see where that could really, really be good advice. I see things trending, and, and it scares me because I see this a lot. Things are trending to, we have the owners and managers of a business managing by computer um, where we're not really out talking to people. We're just looking at the screen and coming up with numbers and saying, oh, this guy, I need to talk to this guy because his numbers aren't right. Or I see he has this issue based on this percentage of something. And when's the last time you actually went out and looked at him and spent the half a day with them? I see that I got in a big argument one time a couple of years ago with, with someone online who was posting something about his, he's having a problem with his employees and they're not doing something right. I don't remember what it was, but and I said, well, go see what they're doing. I mean, what a concept. Go see what they're doing. Then you'll know. It's like a football coach sitting at home listening to the game on a radio and then yelling at him next week about what they screwed up at the game. How come you weren't there to tell them what to do? I mean, it's, it doesn't make any sense. And, and when I was a service manager, I was out there with the guys most of the time because that's where the money was. Where's the money? Well, with the customers, when's it come in? With the people out there, where's the most possible place where things can get screwed up? Where the money is, where the people are. So I wanna see what's happening. And a lot of people in, in, in not only contracting, a lot of businesses, they manage by, they sit at their desk and they look at their screen and they're punching numbers and then they get mad. Go see what's happening. Go look. You might find something out. Ask the people, hey, what's happening here? What do you think? Um, and don't be sending text messages. Hey, I saw your number, this is down. And, you know, what are you gonna do about it? Go over there and look. Yeah, I know we're all busy. We, we don't have time to do that. Well, if you spend less time looking at your screen, you can go out and, and actually talk to people and find out something. That's just my, my opinion. I don't know. Might, some people might disagree. So. You know, I was, I, I was an electrician, and in 1984, when I moved to this part of the country, I took a job with a big, uh, well, I was fortunate to get hired because I was starving, with a big industrial electrical company. It had 100 electricians. I just come from a small family business. We did mostly residential and some farm work. 
And so this was kind of a scary big deal. Uh, and so what I did is I worked really, really hard, right? Uh, so much so that I got eight raises the first year. And by the end of the second year, they actually moved me into management. Remember, I didn't go to college. I didn't have a lot of training. So my idea of moving up the ladder was, you know, one day I'll, I'll get to be, I'll get to have a desk and I'll be able to wear nice clothes to work, right? Well, see, the things you're talking about, see, I didn't know that. I didn't know management was people. I thought career improvement was getting my own desk where I could sit there and, and now be a boss or a manager. Mm -hmm. And uh, it took a long time before I started to realize that I gotta get out, I gotta get back out. But still, I would only go out eh, maybe once a day or something. Yeah. Once a week, I visited all my jobs. They were big jobs, I had a foreman, so once a week, I'd go see the foreman. But um, when I got to where I was going out there once a day, things really started to improve. I just didn't know any better. And there was nobody to tell me. Yeah, there's nobody hanging around. Okay, here's your next step. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That that happens. <clears throat> um, happens a lot. It, it's it's just the way it is. I mean, yeah. I started. Uh, I was a service tech. I fixed office equipment. Then I had hired as a service manager, and that was like a nightmare job. But I I worked through it. Um, I mean, I'd listen to customers scream at you. The unions yelling at you. The, management above you yelling at you and everything you do is wrong you know so you go home thinking like i'm a big failure i can't make anybody happy you know and then you start figuring it out you know uh -huh. just, there was no school i mean i just you figure it out and then next thing you know you're like oh, i get this five years later i finally get it but it, you know then you get it and we're just dealing with people it's just people we're people talking to people we're trying to make everyone happy. Their goal is to make us happy and, and it works, yeah. you know, but you can't, there's no them and us. It's, there's never been that. It shouldn't be that, you know, I call it the tripod of success. There's uh, the customer has to be happy. The employees have to be happy and the ownership, the company has to be happy. And if, and, and if they're all winning, everything's great. But like a tripod, if you pull one leg away, the whole thing falls apart, right. falls down. So those three things have to happen. And I've seen a lot of times where I go into companies and one of those is missing. And usually it's the employees, they're, they're missing out on, on, on the, the fun and, and the success and a great feeling that the owners have for success and uh -huh. the customers have, and they feel they're like that person in between who's making everybody happy except for them. Right. And that, that's missing a lot. Yeah, and that certainly, uh, that certainly needs to be addressed, that's for sure. What do you think could hurt a contractor so much that it could, it could cause failure? not having systems and processes in place. Um, there's, it, it, you'll see contracts in companies that start from scratch. One guy working out of his house um, and they start getting busy and then they start hiring people and then they have more bands and then they get more customers and they're growing. And then all of a sudden they're out of money because there might be a little dip in the economy or one big customer they had cut back or whatever, or construction projects started shrinking, who knows what, something might've might happened and they weren't prepared for it. 
and they don't have a system. They don't have a process that makes any sense. They're just kind of, they're, they're running things like they just started yesterday. Um, and not being able to look at what, what is going on and paying attention to any numbers, they're just kind of going along. And by the time they realize there's a problem, it's too late, they have no cash flow, and they wind up shutting the whole thing down or just going back to where they started from the last person they worked with. I've seen that a lot. But what has to happen is um, from the beginning, from the moment the person starts an organization, they need to take a big whiteboard or uh, something and just write down, okay, beginning, from beginning, from the beginning, how do we answer the phone? What do we tell the customers? If the customers ask something, how do we respond to that question? And then once that call is taken, and once we give them the information we need, which is something you have to decide what they're gonna say, then you take it to the next step. How do we take that call from where it came in to the point where it goes out to the technician or the installer or whatever? What's that transition? How does that work? Who does that? And then how's it dispatched? How are we going to dispatch? What are gonna be determining factors of who gets that call? Who's going to make that decision? Then once the technician gets the call, what's our promise for that tech? What does he say or she say when they walk into the door? What are their things that they have to discuss? Uh, what's the next step? How do they present their information? How do they present their pricing packages? How do they present anything? And how do they treat the customer? How do they talk to them? What do they say? Uh, have they ever practiced this with anyone? And then so on and so on. Then the money comes in. How do you handle that money? Where does it go? Who handles it? How's it taken in? What bank do we use? Um, all these things need to be written out so at least the owner understands from beginning to end every single task that's involved in everything. And once you understand and you can put it in writing, then you can take each segment and give it to the appropriate person. Say, here is what you have to do. Here's a step-by-step -step layout of everything you have to do on your job. And you know that because you created it. Now, if you're in business already, and you've been in business for quite a few years and you don't have those processes in, then I highly recommend you take each work group and a couple of people from each group and just say, hey, you know what? I'd like you to write down everything you do beginning to end and put them in little squares or steps or whatever, something that breaks out each step and let them create the process for you. Then you can go in and fine tune it, but then you can create a book. You know, my company, I have, I'm a one-man show, but I have a call center that takes my calls and I have different people that handle different things, but they don't work for me. However, I have a process for everything. And I look at, I have a big whiteboard that when I'm involved in something, I start, okay, first contact with a customer, how's that work? All right, what's the next step? All right, and how do we handle that? Who does what? And what's the next step? How do we handle it? What if we have a problem here? How do we handle that? It's just as simple as this. What do you do if there is a natural disaster in your area? How do you handle that? Who's gonna do what? Where's the phone gonna ring? You know, how, how's, and a lot of contractors are missing that boat. Like, we don't know what to do, or do we have this problem? We don't, we don't, we have a failure in the system. Well, you don't have a system. 
Yeah. You know, you have a software package, but that's great. But what's the system within your company that handles every possible thing that can happen? And that's one thing I learned in the military. I was in the Navy for four years is you have to come up with a plan of action for any kind of catastrophe there is. Even if it's the normal stuff you do every day, things do happen, things go wrong. What is your plan? What are you supposed to be doing? What was supposed to be done that wasn't done? And we don't have procedures. We just kind of fly by the seat of our pants sometimes. And that's not efficient enough. It's gotta be really efficient when you start going to the point where you're not making the amount of money that you were making. When there's something in the economy that dragged you down. Now you're gonna start looking for efficiencies. Well, it's too late. You know, you should have done this back when you were making a pile of money. Like I tell people, hey, let me come out to your business and I'll spend three days and turn things around. They're like, no, we're too busy now. I'm like, now's the time to do it because I'll see all the inefficient things that you're doing that are right, wrong. Because right. when you get busy, that's when you start losing efficiency and you yeah. get crazy and you're losing money. And uh, that's when you can see things that are messed up. Don't wait until it's too late. Put something in place that works, that you can take. In fact, when you go to sell your business, that day when you sell your, try to sell your business and you have someone like me coming in I might want to look at buying your business, I'm going to look at you and say, let me see the written processes for everything. I want to see how you do everything. And if you don't have that, that automatically impacts the value of your business. Wow. You know, we think, and it, here's what it reminds me of. In 1993, I was an electrical contractor doing industrial work in the carpet mills. And these were nice jobs, anywhere from uh, oh, 50 or 60, 80, $100,000 down to maybe five or $10,000. But in 1993, we had the 100 year snowstorm, freak snowstorm in Georgia. You never have that. We got two feet of snow in one night. These uh, carpet mills, the roofs, they were not built for that. So uh, roofs started caving in and carpet mills were shut down like crazy. And there was more work available than there had ever been before with no question of pricing. But I wasn't ready for it. Right. Whoever sits and thinks, you know, we think, well, well, what happens if the economy goes down? What if my marketing doesn't work and I need, but what happens if something good happens? Are you positioned in any way to take advantage of something good that happens? See, I sat there for three, four days waiting for my phone to ring and it didn't ring because the contractors from, well, we're in Dalton, Georgia, so 35 miles away in Chattanooga, the union contractors, they sent people down here the very, as soon as they could get the snowplows out. Sure. And they went to those carpet mills and said, we, got, we can come in right now. They started coming in with manpower, materials. There still was a lot of work out there I could have got, but I had no plan for what to do if all of a sudden there's a lot of work available. Sure. How do I choose who to talk to? What can I handle? What can I do with the manpower I have? Can I get more men? The point is, I never had a plan for success. And as far as failure or something hurting, well, that was just putting out fires, right? So what you're saying is, you're saying think. But how do I have time to think, Frank? Shouldn't I go home at night and have a beer and just watch TV? Sure, I do that. Okay, so when do you think? Instead of wasting your time, well, 
I always tell contractors, because I have people tell me exactly, I never had time for anything, I'm always out of time. So I say, all right, get one of those calendars per day that lists every hour of the day. Uh-huh. And it gives you space to write in between them. For about five days, take an average week, write down everything you do, including going to the bathroom, when to get a soft drink. I mean, everything in great detail. And you will probably find that you blow about 20, 25% of your day on nonsense. Just on nonsense. Mm-hmm. I, I do that to myself. I, I blow, there's been times where I've looked and, and, and monitored my activities and there's like 40% of my day was just nonsense. Yeah. Something of no value whatsoever. Getting on a phone with someone and talking about the game last night. Well, why don't you do that when you get home instead of there at work? You know, there's a lot of things we do that are nonsense that have no value to anything. That's how you make time. And then when you set priorities, like you have to decide what's my priority today? What's my priority first thing tomorrow? So what I always tell people, you wanna, first of all, you can't manage time. You can't manage time. Time's gonna go by whether you're doing anything or not. All you can do is manage the things that you do during a certain time period, your tasks. So if you're managing your tasks well, then, you can put your tasks in the priority of what you want to done. I always tell people, take the most miserable thing you have to do that you know has to be done and do it first. This way it's done and you're not put, because you'll find there's things that you hate to do uh-huh. and you put them off and you'll, you'll come up with every scenario in the world to take up time so you don't have to do that. And I've done that and people do that. I watch people like, I'll be able to do that. I hate doing that. I'll put it off for later and I'll play tiddlywinks or anything just so I don't have to do that. Yeah. And that's the thing that you need to do first because then the rest of your day is gravy and you can go on to the other things that don't waste time. Um, yeah, it's time wasting. You'll find time. People uh-huh. find time when they realize they have more time. And the only way you're gonna realize is by monitoring what you do. Uh-huh. And if you monitor your own activities, you'll see there's a bunch of things that you do that are nonsense. Just nonsense. I've sat with people in their in meetings with their office, and, and the owner of the company is being interrupted like every five to seven minutes with a phone call, and it is simply a phone call from a customer saying, How much does it cost? And he has to take every call. Well, you got like 40 employees. I'm sure someone can repeat what you said. You don't have to take every call. Yeah, but I feel it's important that the owner of the company talk, and I said, put them on a friggin' recording or something, because you're saying the same thing every time, you know? And it's just nonsense. If you have people and you know what, if you have people who work for you, trust that are great people, let them handle it. They don't have to turn everything over to you. You don't have to be Mr. I'm involved in everything. I see some presidents of the company never go to their offices. One of my great customers out West, he owns probably 26 different plumbing and heating companies. His office is off-site, away from everybody. Why? Because every time he goes in, everybody freaks out, acts weird. So he just figures, you know what? I'll just let everybody, I'll hire people who are the best at what they do, let them do it, and I'll stay out of the way. If they need me, they'll contact me. All the owners of the company should do is like the visionary plan for the future and why I look for things that need to be improved. That's it. Uh-huh. Get involved in the daily stuff, you know, it drives you nuts if you did that. Uh, there's no need for it. Wow. And it's no secret that, that when you go into a company, and by the way, uh, I want to mention to our members, 
that if you might be interested in having Frank uh, uh, just come there and take a look at your company. He's got a very unique perspective. He's not a consultant. He's not, he's not an instigator or he is an instigator. What he does is he comes in for up to three days at a time and just watches, interacts, and probably brings to light the things that you just needed somebody to say, hey, why are you doing this? What if you did this? And, uh, you know, sometimes I call it directional. We just need somebody to, to point us in the right direction because we're too close to the problem. And we just need somebody to say, hey, look, here's what you're doing. Here's what you're doing. So uh, that, that is a service that Frank uh, provides. And if any of you are interested, here's the good news. You're using the new flat rate. You can afford him to come in and help you. And, and, and you Absolutely. know, uh, honestly, that is one of the greatest things I love about the new flat rate. You can afford to get the help that you got when the cash is flowing. Yeah. yeah um, I think you folks who are members here are on a road to success. And the only person that can keep you from that is you. You know, uh, it's just a matter of doing it well and following through and listening, you know. Uh, this gentleman has got some of the best information I've ever seen. He's a smart guy, so pay attention. He knows what he's talking about. <laughs> if we can come out in an organized manner. Just wondering if anybody has any any questions or comments or anything like that. Um, sometimes I have to remember how to how to do whatever I'm supposed to do. So. I'm here. I'm watching them. And uh, nobody's posted anything yet, but everybody that's online, if you do have any questions, go ahead and on your toolbar, there's a little chat icon. If you click on the chat icon, go ahead and type in your questions and we'll be happy to relay that uh, onto Frank and Rodney there. So go ahead and put in your information now. So if you have any specific questions, as you can see, Frank is just a really, really a common sense guy. Uh, every time, Frank, every time I've ever heard you speak, it's honestly, it's like a breath of fresh air and I'll tell you why because it's not like anybody else I've ever heard, you know, and even, and I go and, and I speak once in a while and, and I get all excited and hyped up and, and I want people to have a lot of fun. I want them to like me. I want them to remember something. Um, you don't seem to give a darn. <laughs> yeah. It's people, people have told me that he says, you know, you're, you're giving some great stuff out, but, you act like you could care less, and 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 I and I do. It's just that I really my goal is to help people do better. And if you don't want to listen, I'm not going to force anything down anybody's throat. Uh, That's fine. Whatever. Just hit the road. I'm okay. Uh, um, I'm here to do a job. And if you're willing, if you're going to sit there and absorb my information, wonderful. We'll run down the street dancing, rich together. Uh -huh. And if you're just going to sit there and just say, well, you know, I don't have time for this. I'm too busy. I don't care. I don't care. Um, I, I, I've had to deal with a lot of people and controversy in my life. And I've learned to accept things as they are, not, I, not the way that I wish them to be. And, and, and that's kind of something, too, that I want to point out to the business owners out there. Sometimes... I ran into situations where the contractors don't want to see or know what's really going on. 
they have the sometimes have this tendency to just ignore the problem um, because they think it'll go away. And and I and I refer to it like this. This is my example. If you had a flat tire, how far can you drive with it? And eventually, not only will your tire be flat, next thing your wheel's going to start falling apart. Then, you know, up, there's going to be a variety of mechanical failure after a period of time. And when you have an issue that you're unwilling to address, you're not willing to even deal with, then you, you're, you're driving down a road with a flat tire. And then you don't have, you just stop it, get out and fix it. And a lot of the times, if you don't fix things, especially employee issues or process issues or customer problems or a software problem or whatever it is, don't just sit there and think, well, uh, it should get better or, you know, it's not that big of a deal. It is a big deal. And as a manager of hundreds and hundreds of people around the world in the past, any little thing that popped up, I addressed immediately. I didn't wait till tomorrow or next week. If I knew about it now, I addressed it now. And, and we fixed it and we come up with a solution. But you don't address problems by freaking out and act like a psychopath either. You know, like I've seen some people start yelling at this. I don't, I don't respond well if someone yelling at me. I start yelling back. Next thing you know, we have a problem. Uh, so that doesn't always work. What I like to do is when I've had people come in like service techs or managers who worked under me, um, I would say, you know why you're here? And they'd say, yeah, because you told me that. That's why you wanted me to be here. That's right. <laughs> What's going on? And I, and I just sit there and lean back. And I don't care. Sometimes I've waited. And I think the longest I've ever had to wait was seven and a half minutes. And I was comfortable, but I could tell this guy's losing his mind. And it's like, what do you want me to say? Tell me what's going on. Because yelling at him wouldn't accomplish anything. I can't, I don't know what's happening or something going on. And then eventually, they'll say, well, this and this and this and this. What do you think we should do? And then silence again. And let them sit there and think. Eventually, they'll come up with some kind of solution. And then they say, well, you know, I'll take this and that, whatever. Okay, fine. How much time do you need? And they'll come up with something. Uh -huh. And if it doesn't work, what do you think we should do? And they'll say, well, I don't know. Well, what would you do? How would you handle this? And then you go from there. Yeah. And, and it's simple. And that's, that's the, the counseling process. And as you see things that develop with an employee, whether it's good or bad, make a note of it and put it in their file. And when you sit down every six months or so, hopefully you do, because don't tell me you have an open door policy because that's BS. I'm not going to go to my boss to get yelled at. So <laughs> that doesn't work. Um, so have a system where you regularly meet with people to discuss everything you've already discussed. It isn't like, I'm going to bring this guy in to yell at him for what he did wrong for the last six months. That doesn't work. You should have yelled at him four and a half months ago when he messed up or she messed up. So the year is just a review of everything he's talked about. And, and, and employees see that, they know that you constantly give them feedback, you're giving them information, you're dealing with issues properly, and you're letting them settle their own issues because employees don't perform well for what? There's several different reasons. They have a personal problem. Uh, they need to be trained. Uh, they just can't do that job. It's like taking a person who hates people. I want to, I want to make you a salesman. 
They can't even talk. They can't even put a sentence together. That's not going to work. Or you have someone who just uh, doesn't care. They just don't care. Um, or they don't understand your processes. You know, they're new. They came over from another company. It does everything weird. Okay. So everything fits in those five. And, it, and you have to figure out which ones or which one it is and then have them come up with a solution and you fix it. Then your life's better. So, uh, I mean, how did I get off on a tangent on this stuff? I have a tendency to do that sometimes. Where did I get? I don't even know how we started this whole question. Oh, um, Matt, what are you finding out? Uh, we had uh, one question come in, Frank. Uh, it looks like they asked, uh, how do you come back from failure? Um, well, I have firsthand experience with that. Um, first of all, don't look at failure as you're a loser. Um, because if you think of yourself, let me just give you an example of failure. During a 10 month period of time, I lost $690,000. I lost my house, everything I owned. That's failure. And I still owed 130 some thousand. I didn't have a job. And I thought, okay, well, that sucked. I'm not doing that again. I'm not going to get involved with a bunch of people I don't really know that well. So that was a bad move. And I thought, all right, let me do a little bit of research. Let me do some work, a little bit of work to bring in some money. And while I'm doing that, I'll do a little bit of research and figure out what is it that I can do that people are willing to give me money for? What is it that nobody else is offering that I can do that people can give me money for? And uh, based within the skills that I had, and that's how I move forward. But you, always, you can't look back. That's history. It's gone. You can't go back and say, well, you know what? I'm going to go back six years and change everything so that I don't have. There's nothing you can do. It's just there. It's history. So I got, you have to look at failure like, kind of like a tornado came through, ripped my roof off three years ago. Okay, that was three years ago. What are you going to do? Go back in time and, and stop the tornado? You can't. It's done. It's history. It's finished. All you can do is look forward and learn from the stuff that you just did that didn't work and apply those ideas and that information and then seek newer opportunities and adjust accordingly so when you move forward, you're not going to do the same thing you did before. In fact, you probably will be really good at not doing the same thing you did before because it, it hurts. I don't like sticking my hand on a table and somebody hitting me with a hammer. I'm not going to put my hand on a table again. It's kind of that simple. Hope that, hope that answered your question. If not, please, uh, you know, elaborate a little bit. Well, that's, that's, that's one thing that, that none of us have to plan uh, for failure to try to learn from because it always comes. There's always a way to learn. There's ups and downs in life, and, uh, and I agree. That's good information. Uh, we, we can't go backwards. We can't do that. Well, guys, I'm just so, so glad that uh, some of you are on this call today. Uh, this is being recorded, so we'll provide it to our whole membership base. You're going to join me on the screen here. <laughs> and I certainly want to, want to thank uh, uh, my friend Frank here uh, for being willing to help us here today. And, uh, and it's just been great. It's just been such a breath of fresh air. I just love to hear him speak because he just kind of pulls back the blinders and it helps you take a look at your situation. Uh, from another perspective, a perspective that says, you know what, there's a way out of this. 
Let's just correct this, 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 and this. And see, there's a lot of hope because you all have great businesses. You got great lives. <laughs> it's just, there's a lot of great stuff ahead. Speaking of great stuff ahead, June 12th and 13th, we've got our next two day implementation class here. Wow. If you haven't been sending texts and managers back through this refresher class, I'm serious. You gotta do it. Uh, we've got people, I had a guy tell me the other day, he said, he said, what would it look like if I just come back every month? I wanna come every month and bring a couple of technicians. And he said, and when they've all been through it, he said that I wanna just keep coming and running them through it again. Uh, wow, what would that be like? See, the great thing about what we've all discovered together is that there's a lot of, there's a lot of opportunity in our businesses. When you take a service company and you put the one thing that's been missing to make it a great, great company, and what is that one thing? Cash, money. When you put that back into a business, you can do something with your life. You can do something for the people around you. Now you can build a future to three generations deep. So how exciting is that? Can't tell you enough, come on back June 12th and 13th, and also July 10th and 11th. We try to do that at least every month. We also do co-op trainings off-site. Off Our next member day will be June 22nd. And uh, you know what, this has been so great. Member days, I know I come on here usually and I give you content or somebody from our, from our uh, from our team, but wow, this has been absolutely a gem of a day. And uh, honestly, I could just listen to Frank forever. So we're gonna put this recording out there. And Frank, I wanna thank you for being here. Oh, you're welcome. Hey, uh, if you want, I have a newsletter I send out and there's gonna be a video attached to it if you're interested. It's about just common sense things in business. Uh, send me an email and I'll put you in there. My email is frankpresents, F-R-A-N-K, P-R-E-S-E-N-T-S -E at gmail.com. Send me an email and just say, hey, I saw your broadcast and uh, I'd like to uh, be on your newsletter. And it's good stuff. And it kind of tells you where I'm at during the year. You might want to come see me speak someplace. But I travel over the place. I'm a busy guy. Um, <laughs> so I was telling him how in March I was home a total of two and a half days. So uh, I'm on a road a lot. And uh, if you're interested in just getting some common sense information, let me know and I'll be happy to put you on a list. Thank you. And we'll, by the way, we'll send that, uh, we'll Frank, send Frank's contact information out to all of our members. And if any of you want to contact him, uh, send him a text or send him an email or something like that. And uh, if you're interested in having him stop by and take a look at your company, I would heartily, heartily encourage it. If you can get on his schedule, he's very, very busy. But uh, he cares about contractors, I know that. So uh, you all have a great day. And if you need anything, obviously we're here for you. And otherwise, we want you to continue the success. And uh, uh, thanks so much for being here today. Thank you. Thanks, guys. And Frank, Ladies. thank you so much. Mm -hmm.